You're listening to Health Call Live, your regular Saturday morning appointment with healthcare professionals, where treatment is always painless and there's never a copay. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. You know, doing this show has exposed me to just a ton of health and medical research, and I have learned time and again that what you eat and how much you exercise, those are the two factors that are under your direct control that have the biggest impact on brain health. That is why research at Dartmouth College caught my attention. Dr. Jeremy Manning is an assistant professor of psychological and brain sciences who studied a year's worth of Fitbit data captured by 113 volunteers. So all that data is compiled. He dug into it, applied some programming, some intuition, and came up with some findings. So if you don't know, a Fitbit is a little wearable gadget that tracks your movement, your pulse rate, and some other factors. So here we've got years worth of data on how much people exercised, how intensely they exercised, for how long they exercised, that kind of stuff. And so they put these volunteers through a series of tests to search for patterns that might reveal whether your memory and mood are related to how you exercise, the frequency and intensity of that exercise. Was there any connection to anxiety, depression, and your general cognitive ability? I think that'd be great to know. Well, they you would think, right, that the harder you work out, the better off you'd be all around. Well, Dr. Manning says that's not necessarily what they found. Well, we we thought that might be the case, but it doesn't seem to be. Um, it seems like each intensity has kind of a unique pattern of benefits to memory and mental health. So, for example, kind of the um, you know low intensity exercise that tends to um, people who tend to work out at, at kind of low intensity, so the like fat burn heart rate, um, they tend to have really good memories for autobiographical events. Um, people who work out at really high intensities tend to have great spatial memory and so on. So give me an example of spatial memory. What are we talking about there? I know how you tested it. You, you took a look at where, if people could remember where a dot was on the screen, so to speak, right? So it's a pretty tough test, um, and it uses the same sorts of uh, memory machinery in your brain as the type of memory that lets you kind of remember, like where you put your car keys or, um, you know, where something it, where where something is located. So if I'm concerned about dementia, uh, is that the type of exercise and the type of uh, memory skill I need to be paying attention to? Uh, so dementia is um, often associated with uh, like episodic memory or memory for events. Um, so that would kind of tie in best with low intensity exercise. So we saw the um, strongest association between the amount of low intensity exercise people did and their autobiographical memory. So high intensity with spatial low intensity with that kind of remembering events and things. Okay, that's interesting. So low intensity that's right. yeah. being walking or that kind of activity, right? Yeah, so anything that triggers the kind of Fitbit fat burn heart rate. So like walking upstairs, going for kind of a, you know, relaxed walk, you know, kind of conversational paced walk, um, anything that kind of gets your heart rate a little bit above the kind of sedentary resting heart rate, um, but not so hard that you're, you know, breaking a sweat or kind of really feeling the workout. 
We also saw mental health differences depending on how people worked out. So people who reported high levels of stress, either kind of during our experiment, or um, we also asked them about like their typical levels of stress. Um, people who tend to be stressed out um, also were those same people who worked out at very high intensities. So we don't know whether stress causes people to work out uh, at high intensities or whether high intensity workouts cause stress um, or whether there's some other factor. If I'm, a, if I'm just a really wound up, uptight, go get them kind of person, I might exercise with that sort of nature, but it's not necessarily associated. I get that. I, I understand how that works. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it could even be that, you know, you feel really stressed. You go for like a hard run. That's a high intensity workout that may, might make you feel less stressed than you would have otherwise felt. So we don't, you know, know that what would have happened if you hadn't exercised. We can't yeah. go back in time and manipulate, of course. So knowing what you exactly. know, uh, can I use this information to develop a therapeutic exercise or fitness program for somebody maybe with mm, uh, Asperger's syndrome or ADHD or some other kind of behavioral component? That's what we're working towards. So, so kind of where my lab is going with this research is we're, we're trying to develop, you know, exercise recommendations that can target specific aspects of cognitive or mental health. So, you know, when you go to the gym and you want to bulk out your arms, we already know there are specific exercises you can do to target the relevant muscle groups. Um, and then we know also kind of physiologically what happens. So there's a stress response in your muscles that leads to increased growth. Um, but we want to know what if there are particular forms of exercises or intensities of exercise that could be specifically designed to help your brain, like a, you know, a study for an upcoming exam or a help me improve my mood workout routine. Mm -hmm. um, so the first step to figuring out those sorts of like brain enhancement exercise recommendations is to find a set of candidate associations between how people exercise and then different aspects of their brain function. And that's what this study is really trying to find. So we're trying to get our like initial database. And then in follow-up work, we'll be working on nailing down kind of the causal directions of some of those associations. I got it. Uh, so there's uh, this mountain, just a, you know, stacks and stacks and stacks of Fitbit data from people all over the world that we've never had before. Um, what are you eager to get a hold of that stuff? What can that tell us going forward? How might we use that data? So one, yeah. So one thing we're really excited about is, um, you know, we collected a century's worth of Fitbit data across all our subjects. So that's a quite a lot of data. And in addition to our study where we kind of, uh, I'd say, looked, you know, right at the tip of the iceberg of kind of all the patterns that are in the data, we've released our data set publicly. So anyone who wants can freely download our data set and find their own patterns or kind of interesting, you know, ask interesting questions that they're kind of excited about. Um, and of course, out in the world, there's even more data that, you know, Fitbit has or Apple Health uh, has collected. And uh, I think it'll be exciting to see, um, you know, what people do with, with those data sets. 
Yeah, I think so, too. Applying artificial intelligence to that massive amount of data could be really interesting as we go forward. So in what you learned, has that changed anything that you do in your personal life or when you go to the gym? So, um, you know, one one question that uh, we've kind of had in our minds is like, you know, how much working out is needed to like see an effect? Um, that's kind of a basic question. And one takeaway is there's kind of like good news and bad news. So on the plus side, people who worked out on the same day that they did our memory tests tended to perform better. Um, and like the intensities they worked out, uh, worked out at seemed to target different aspects of their memory. So that could mean that working out just once at a particular intensity could give you some kind of measurable benefit. And those benefits seem to last quite a while. So to a very small extent, at least, we even see some residual of that workout that, like a year later. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's really exciting. But on the flip side, we also saw that people who had been consistently working out at a particular intensity for at least a year um, showed, like they also showed different differences in their memory performance. And working out consistently for a year is a lot better than just doing a single workout. So it's kind of, you've got these two sides. So on the one hand, you see some benefit for some effort, but it does seem like the more effort you put in, you know, over a longer timeline, the kind of uh, better you, your memory performances. And that again is Dr. Jeremy Manning. He is a professor at Dartmouth College. They had studied Fitbit data from 113 different subjects. And, you know, as I said, the interview there, you've got you know, mountains and mountains of data from Fitbit users all over the world. Wouldn't it be cool? And where this all might be heading someday is that, uh, you know, I don't know, say maybe at age 50 or so, you, you take a memory or a cognition test, and then based on what they've learned and artificial intelligence analysis of all this other Fitbit data, the computer can spit back to you that says, okay, based on what your memory is showing right now, here is an exercise program specifically designed to either improve or slow that decline. Pretty interesting where this could all take us, right? Or maybe they'll come back with a specific exercise protocol to fight depression or Asperger's, ADHD, who knows where this goes. But the deal here is, for the first time, researchers have access to just mountains of data shared by people all over the world. And it'll be interesting to see where that takes us. I'm going to jump on my convertible, and it's going to take me out in the sunshine. I will be back with you guys again next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for another episode of the Health Call Live Radio Hour here on WoWo. You've been listening to Health Call Live. Watch a recording of today's program on the Health Call Facebook page or on the web at www.healthcall.live. Drop us a line to recommend a guest or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. for another edition of Health Call Live on WoWo 1190 a.m. and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.